Blog Talk Radio. Hey guys, this is Brett Claywell, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz. This is Linda Dano. I'm on Brandon's Buzz, and I have to tell you, what a fun hour I just had. Ah, this is a great kid with a wonderful heart and soul. You listen every day. I know I will. Hi, this is Beth Maitland. And this is Joel Brooks. And we're on Brandon's Buzz. We're buzzing with Brandon. We are. We're buzzing with Brandon. So tune hey, in. Hey, this is Nicholas Rodriguez. You are listening to Brandon's Buzz. Be prepared to laugh. You're going to have a good time. Hey, hey, this is Nia Peoples, and you are checking out Brandon's Buzz right now. This is Pamela K. Long, and I am buzzing with Brandon. And I can tell you that it's some of the most fun that you'll have. So you need to tune this in. This is Gloria Loring, and I've just been buzzed by Brandon, and I gave Brandon some buzz. This is Maya Bialik, and you are lucky enough to be listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hey guys, welcome back to Brandon's Buzz. I am Brandon. It's Thursday, November 5th, 2009. It's 9 p.m. here in Texas, 10 p.m. back east, 7 p.m. out in the west, and I am very excited about this show tonight. You know, this year I've had the great fortune of having two conversations, one back in June and one just a few weeks ago with a terrific man whom I've come to admire greatly, a spectacular actor by the name of Brett Claywell, who is kicking ass big time right now, portraying struggling gay med student Kyle Lewis on One Life to Live. Uh, you know, I didn't have a regular episode scheduled this week, but after watching Brett on One Life this week, I went back and listened to the June conversation, uh, which I'll admit I hadn't paid a lot of attention to heretofore because it was riddled with technical problems and because at the time of taping it, I had been told inaccurately, it would turn out, from a couple of my sources that Brett's time at One Life was winding down. And all I could remember of that conversation in my mind after the fact was asking Brett if he had enjoyed the experience and if he would be open to doing another soap and... Uh, you know, when mere days after that interview aired, the news broke that One Life was embarking on a major romantic storyline centered around Brett and his co-star Scott Evans, I was so embarrassed by what I instantly realized were inane questions that I just couldn't bring myself to go back and listen. Um, but when I finally did go back and listen, I realized how clearly and how cleverly Brett was trying to foreshadow what was coming down the pike for himself and for his character, and I became fascinated by the concept of playing the One Life-centric portions of that initial conversation uh, which, because Brett was trying to talk about Kyle without spilling the beans about his upcoming storyline, was full of generalities and ambiguities, uh, alongside the newer one, which was an in-depth exploration of a flawed man and all of his traits, his personality, his sexuality, his struggle for goodness. Uh, you know, when you listen to the two conversations side by side and juxtapose them against each other, what emerges, at least to my ear, is a compelling portrait of a riveting, brilliant character. Um, because this has been such a red-letter week for Brett's character of Kyle, uh, who has just reunited with his true love, Oliver Fish, after pining for him painfully for months on end, uh, the timing on this is just perfect. And even though I had quite a few reservations about the way select parts of this story's first climax played out on screen, uh, reservations which have no particular relevance here and which can be read about at any one of a handful of message boards and blogs, uh, one fact remains absolutely beyond dispute. This young man, Mr. Brett Claywell, is a shatteringly good actor. And even though the show often gives him shockingly little to do, uh, it, just between you and me, I could stand to watch this brilliant man act for 60 minutes out of every one life hour. Um, and his performances are often so subtle and internal that they may sometimes be e very easy to take for granted. He is absolutely doing the work to watch in all of daytime right now, and I am firmly convinced 
that we will one day stand as strongly in awe of him as we do in Judith Light and in Ann Haich and in uh, Ryan Philippi and in Josh Dumel and in the scores of other dynamic dynamite actors who started their careers toiling in soaps and then went on to conquer the entertainment world at large. He's that good, and we are that lucky to have him on this show at this moment. Uh, so a couple of notes on what you're about to hear. The first 15 minutes or so are taken from the June interview, which I mentioned, uh, and that was done as a collaboration with Courtney Justice from OneTreeHillWeb.net. So if you're wondering who the girl is speaking with us, uh, it's Courtney. I had her and her sister Nellie on my show a couple of months before that, uh, back in March of this year, and because Brett had begun his career on One Tree Hill and then moved to daytime, uh, Courtney and her team kind of approached me with the idea of doing a collaborative interview, and I thought it was a fantastic idea, and I jumped on it. Um, so if you're interested in hearing that entire episode in which we discuss Brett's time on One Tree Hill and on Dollhouse, uh, I want to tell you where you can find it. You can find it at blogtalkradio.com slash brandonsbuzz in the June archives, and you can find it at my blog, brandonsbuzz.com, in the radio archive at the top of the page, and you can download it as a podcast from the iTunes Music Store. Uh, the remaining 55 minutes or so of tonight's show come from a chat that Brett and I had four weeks ago, and even though only the One Life-related portions of that chat are being replayed tonight, Brett also discusses his immense love of soccer, his Facebook experience, his uh, dealings with fame so far, and several other topics during that show, and that episode can be found in the same places uh, that I just mentioned, blogtalkradio.com, in the October archives, uh, the radio archive at brandonsbuzz.com, and at the iTunes Music Store as a podcast. Uh, and, you know, both of those shows are well worth the listen, if I do say so myself. So if you're interested in hearing the entire episodes, uh, portions of which you're going to hear tonight, uh, by all means, check them out at any, at any one of those three places. Um, I, you know, I think you'll enjoy listening to this man speak so passionately about what he so clearly loves every bit as much as I enjoyed chatting with him. He's a terrific actor, and he is a profoundly convicted young man, and I sincerely hope that these are simply the first two of many conversations that I'll have with him inside the form of Brandon's Buzz. Um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I give you the sensational Brett Claywell. We have a great show lined up today, and, and uh, I want to tell you a little bit about our guest. He's the very embodiment of a young journeyman actor. He came out of college with a degree in architecture, but fell into a life in the theater, and his growing base of fans are all the better for it. Probably best known for his semi-regular role as Tim Smith on the CW's One Tree Hill, he is currently wreaking havoc as sly lab tech Kyle Lewis on ABC's classic soap One Life to Live, and in a unique collaboration with the online magazine Fanvasion and the ultimate fan site OneTreeHillWeb.net, which we've been talking about. He's come by the buzz this evening to discuss his life, his evolving career, and his stints on two of the country's most popular television series. Please welcome to my show today the terrific Brett Claywell. Hi, Brett. Hi, Brett. Hello. Welcome to Brandon's Buzz. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing. It's a beautiful sunny day in Los Angeles, so I'm doing great right now. Yeah, it's 96 degrees here in Texas. It's steaming hot, but it's a pleasure to have you on the show. My name is Brandon, and I want to introduce you to my special guest co-host, Courtney. Oh, hi, Brandon. Hello, nice to meet you, Brandon. Hi. Let's get the boring stuff out of the way first. Where were you born? Where were you raised? Where'd you go to school? I was born in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, I was raised in Greensboro. The, the first time I actually ever lived outside of uh, North Carolina was when I moved to L.A. I went to college in North Carolina State University, and then um, right after college, about a year later, is when I, I started with Dawson's Creek, and then I booked One Tree Hill, and the rest is uh, my, my career so far. And did you always know you wanted to be an actor? I mean, was it always something that was clear to you? I mean, I, I know that you, you graduated with a degree in architecture, so I'm wondering when you when you knew that this was this was what you wanted. 
I've been in theater since I was a, a young child, started with Greensboro Community Theater, and then I, I did a competition theater in high school. I auditioned and, and was selected to be in a troupe at a Weaver, Weaver Education Center in Greensboro, North Carolina, which is kind of a magnet school for all the Guilford County schools where I grew up that they could all go there to take specific classes like marine biology and things like that that weren't offered at their school, and they had a great theater program. I auditioned and got in their theater competition. We finished second second in the state uh, for that. Then I got a minor in theater in college, and I was doing Romeo and Juliet my senior year, and my professor pulled me into his office about two weeks before I was going to graduate and said that he thought I should try this for a living, and I kind of considered it, and I had an architecture job that I'd been working at for a year while I was a senior, and I went in, and I quit my job, and I moved to Wilmington, and I, I thought that, you know, you only get one shot, so I might as well follow my dream, and it, it kind of all happened about two weeks before I graduated college. So I, I never actually seriously considered it, and it just, it just kind of, I'm kind of a spontaneous person, so I decided to move to Wilmington to try, you know, to start out in a small market, and One Tree Hill just came along, and wow. It, it ended up being the, the perfect choice, I guess. You've transitioned to One Life to Live now, and, you know, we often hear of actors not wanting to stoop and kind of feeling that daytime is beneath them. Uh, did you ever have that feeling? I had that feeling for a long time in my career. I'm, I'm always honest, so I'll be honest about that. The one thing I can say is that the actors that ever had hesitations about going to daytime have no idea how talented the actors on daytime television actually are. You, you give me any you give me any actor in Los Angeles that doesn't want to do daytime and I'll ask them to do to memorize fifty pages in a day. You bet and come to set and off one cold rehearsal we'll go to set and film fifty pages back to back to back to back on one take and have that first take aired on national television and then we'll see who's the best actor. So, it was something I had no idea what I was getting into, but now when I come out of this, I know it's boot camp for actors. It's a very talented crew. It's an amazing, I mean, the writers are writing 36,000 pages a year. The, the, the crew films an entire movie, 120 pages a day. So basically the equivalent of a movie, of a feature-length movie. They film that a day. The actors uh, film that every day. It's an amazing process. At 9 o'clock at night, we, or 7 o'clock at night, we leave. Another crew comes in, they break down the set, they build another set, you come back at 7 a.m., and the entire stage is different. Oh, wow. it's, it's a brilliant experience, and me as an actor, I, I would never, ever be as good as an actor as I'm going to be if I had not done this. And I, and, I, and I had every hesitation about it. But at the end of the day, too, I also can look at, it's a show that's been on the air for 42 years that Tommy Lee Jones started on, that Ryan Felipe was on, that has started and spurned so many careers, you know, it's a great thing to, when you think that Tommy Lee Jones got his start on that show, Lawrence Fishburne got his start on that show. It's it's you know, it's amazing the the talent that's gone through those doors. Because you can't be on a show like that and not be talented, because it will show when you're on when you're on primetime television. It's the the process is made to create the highest quality show that they can make, and it's then you take. Sometimes three, four hours for one scene. You're shooting a master. You're shooting a close-up. You're shooting a two-shot. You're you're lighting it different. You're 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 filming in the most picturesque places. You're putting in the greatest music you can find. It's it's a you know it's a symphony of visual and audio. You know the combination of the visual and the audio. With us, 
we're having to tell a story every single day. So it's about getting the story out, and that's more important sometimes than what actually comes out. So it's upon us to work harder to try to make it as good as we can, and when it actually does work and everything comes together and you've done a beautiful scene and it's been shot beautifully and, you know, we, we were nominated for, I think, something like 16 daytime Emmys from writing to directing to two actresses. Um, one of the actresses I work with, Bree, is she plays three different characters on that show. That's a little far-fetched. But then when you look at her as an actress and you understand she's playing three different characters on this show and she's doing 50 pages a day and she's having to jump from one person to another to another, it's brilliant. As you were saying about, like, um, having to work every single day, you have sometimes they, like, you have to get right back into the same mindset and the same character because for a whole week you could be filming, like, a continuation of the same scene. So even that's well, pretty the, crazy. We actually, film, we actually film out of sequence, which is a whole other thing you have to consider is that, say, for in a week, there's Monday through Friday, Monday we'll film Friday, and then the next day we'll film Wednesdays or Mondays, and then the next day we'll film Wednesdays. It's... We don't film in sequence. So sometimes you don't always even know what came before or came after what you're filming. It's a process that you can never, ever describe, but it's, it's something that when you come out of it, I mean, you, you're basically you're having to focus on that scene and that moment, every moment that you work, and it just it makes you such a well-crafted, crisp actor. It's, it's a, I, I'm so glad that I did this. You know, it's it's funny you say that because I, I was going to ask you in terms of the way you construct your performances, how is filming a show like this in this way different from filming a primetime series like One Tree Hill? When I came to set for One Tree Hill, I think I was young, and I myself have to admit that I wasn't the best actor that I will ever be. I was a small town North Carolina theater trained actor. And that doesn't always translate well to television and Hollywood and the big screen. And I have to credit my, my acting coaches, James Gatney with Andrew McGarrion, who uh, was his acting coach, and Jonathan Tucker. And I think he also trained Evan Rachel Wood, who worked with Dakota Fanning. He's a, he's a good young, you know, he, he worked with a lot of young actors in Hollywood. And I went with him for a while. And then I switched to Jeremiah Comey, who's a great, I mean, I, I have to give every credit to him because he, he turned me into the best actor I could be at this time in my life. And it, it gave me every confidence and every ability that I need to just trust myself and just, just be honest, because that's the hardest thing for an actor to be, is to be honest. <laughs> you have to open up parts of yourself that you may not want the world to see, and you may have to access things that you might not always want to access. Our biggest job as an actor is to be honest and to be truthful. Most of your scenes on One Last Sliver with Eileen Kristen, who is just a soap legend, you know, what's it, what was it like working yeah. with her to have to do fun scenes with her? Roxy's one of my favorite characters. She is such a loving soul. She, I mean, I've, I've, it's been a hard transition for me because if you know my original on the show, I was hired to play Skyler. And right. through the process of just figuring everything out, we switched things up and brought in Scott. They thought I was, you know, I, I might have looked too old to date Star and when we started working together and with Kristen and so we went a different direction and it's been an interesting process where we are now with the character and where the character is going and all the things that are going to be revealed and, and through the process of this it's, it's been it's been a difficult transition I mean you know part of 
the the under I guess I guess the underplayed part of being an actor is the things that sometimes you just have to accept. Like one day I'm living in LA and then two weeks later I'm living in New York and I know two people. You know, but that's the choice right. I have to make for my career and that's what I gotta do. And sometimes it's a difficult decision, but she's been an amazing resource and friend and she's so fun to work with because I honestly I've never worked with an actor an actress <laughs> more that you have no idea what's gonna come out of her mouth. <laughs> she never she is the most unpredictable actress I've ever met and it makes it so fun to work with her. It's great. It's 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 a it's an adventure every day with her. But she's such a good friend and she, she really cares about her work and she really cares about who she works with. And you can't ever ask more of anyone. You know, she's hilarious because Roxy's kind of known for her for her mangled English, and and Eileen is the one who writes all that stuff. And so, it's, yeah, it, she it, comes it, up in in so many different rehearsals. <laughs> she'll come up with her own little lines. It's hilarious. She's someone I definitely am learning from. So you you mentioned Scott Clifton coming on. You were originally slated to play his role, and I'm wondering how the change was presented to you, and if you were okay with it initially. The change was presented to me as. Okay, I got good news and bad news. <laughs> good news uh, bad news is you're not you're not uh, Skyler anymore. Good news is you're now Kyle. <laughs> okay. Actually, when they told me, he was like, they didn't even have the character's name. They just said we're writing something for you. We're gonna figure it out. Um, he's like, I want you to meet that writer. We're gonna we're gonna try to figure out something based around you. We want to keep you around. And it, it's really nice because normally in these situations on soaps, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It's not yeah. like feelings. It's just and the fact that they wanted to keep me around and they've done, they've, they've been so sincere and honest. Frank Valentini is an amazing executive producer. I, I'm so blessed to be working with an executive producer like him, honestly, because he really is honest and open and he really does care. And very few bosses in this business respect you as much as he shows respect for his actors. And in turn, that makes them respect him that much more. And he's, Absolutely. he's been so honest and, and forthcoming and, it's been a little bit of a process, but eventually we got an. I, actually, that night I was supposed to. We were talking about me meeting the writer, and I went bowling straight from there, and I ended up bowling in the lane right next to Ron, who's the head writer of the show. <laughs> so in all of New York City, we end up right next to each other, wow. and the next day he called Frank, and he's like, "I got to watch Brad." He's like, "I know exactly what we're doing with the character." <laughs> Kyle is kind of caught in this world. All of a sudden, and, and what's going on right now, you kind of realize he got in a little over his head. Things are happening that are sometimes a little outrageous, and he just kind of got caught up in it. And yeah. things got way out of control. I think he's a he's a guy with a good heart. He has a lot of secrets himself. He's just struggling to, to, to make a life for himself, and he saw an opportunity, and he tried to take it, and it backfired on him. So I don't think he's an evil character. I just believe he represents the good and the bad in all of us, because all of us are evil at some times. Well, my mom's been watching this show for years, and she just told me to tell you she thinks you should do everybody a favor and just get rid of Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> and I've heard that from more than one person. <laughs> what have been some of your favorite uh, scenes to shoot? On one level, I mean, I worked with Bob Wood one day. That that's one of my favorite scenes, just because he's such a giving actor and he's such a kind of a legend, and he's he's a really really talented and giving actor. So that's definitely one of my favorite days, and. I really like working with uh, Melissa and, and John Brotherton. Um, I really like working with that couple because they're, they're really fun people, but they're also really talented. I mean, I, I just enjoyed the whole process. As you said, because you often only get one take at, at you know nailing your scenes, 
has your skill set expanded in, in the time that you've been at One Life to Live in terms of being an actor? Absolutely. I mean, leaps and bounds. Everything now is about, you know, like I was saying before, when I used to work, it was, there was a lot, there was an improvisational aspect to a lot of what I did on One Tree Hill. You know, I kind of show up on set and I kind of just try to get a feel for what was going on and try to figure out how to make, create the most humor out of what was going on. With what I do now, I have to do a lot of work before I come to set. A lot of what I do is the preparation and the scene study and breaking the script down in the moments while I'm on set. So now it, it's, it's just changed my approach as an actor, and I think it's really improved my work as an actor also. Are you open to doing another soap? You know, let's get through the first one. <laughs> I, don't really, I don't even want to look that far down the road. I mean, I'm auditioning for some films right now, and I kind of just am learning as the older I get in my career that I, I want to appreciate what I have and be satisfied with that and always be working as hard as I can for what I want, you know, and, and, for, and for where I see myself as an actor. But I'm, I'm very happy where I am, and, you know, I hope I stay there for a while. We do, too. I think you've got a, you've got a terrific character to play, and you're doing a really great job with, with what you've been given so far. Thank you very much, and it's, it's, uh, trust me, you'll probably have a phone call in a few months because it's going to get much more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> What a fascinating hell of a difference a few months makes. The last time my guest today was here, his character on ABC's classic soap One Life to Live, shady lab tech Kyle Lewis, was knee-deep in the middle of a terribly complicated blackmail scheme and a serial killer nightmare. Flash forward four months, and he's struggling to pull his life together, and he suddenly lands his most pursued, most wanted bachelor. And he and his two gentlemen callers, sweet but confused nerdy cop Oliver, and confident, slightly cocky high school teacher Nick, make up one of the most compelling, most fascinating, most revolutionary love triangles to ever hit American daytime television. The transition and the transformation have been startling, to be sure, but I'm telling you right now, they have resulted in some damn fine acting. And if you're not watching One Life of this fall, you're missing what may well be the soap performance of the year. It's being given by my guest today, a man whom I am utterly thrilled to welcome back to Brandon's Buzz for another chat. He is brave, he is bold, and he's not so bad to look at either. He is Brett Claywell. All right, thank you for having me. I, I need to have you, like, I need to record that and just listen to that every morning. That's like, you just gave me a great, like, little motivation there. I appreciate that. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll send you the MP3 clip and you can you can put it on your iPod and you can... It's going to be my alarm clock. That's going to be what I wake up to. I'm going to just program that into my alarm clock and I'll be ready to go every day. <laughs> so i tell you what, when you were on the show in June, I had been told from a couple of my sources that you were leaving the show... And so I was asking, asking you questions like, you know, did you enjoy this experience, and would you do another soap? And I'm sure you thought I was the biggest dumbass on two legs. Oh, no, I think I'm the biggest dumbass on two legs. You can be second. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I think it was June 2nd or 3rd, and the news came out that they were doing the storyline on June 6th or 7th, and my heart just sank. I was like, you can't be serious. You caught me in the midst of a, of a, of a crazy few weeks. <laughs> and I also remember I was out in uh, L.A. and my phone, and at first we lost signal, and then my phone died, and I was just like, oh, well. <laughs> I never even got to say goodbye. I felt like I know, I know. <laughs> I, 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 I feel like I had flashbacks to when I woke up and somebody wasn't in bed anymore. I was like, wait. <laughs> Didn't well, we'll even get to say goodbye. Time. Yeah, we'll make up for it this time. So here's a direct quote from you from exactly four months ago. You'll probably have a phone call in a few months because it's going to get much more interesting. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm predicting the future now. It's amazing. <laughs> How was this storyline, this, this idea originally presented to you? Was it just that, that the sparks between you and Scott were too strong to ignore, or was this the plan all along? You know, you never know if what you are told is actually, the, you know, you, you never know how things actually develop. Um, but uh, it, it seems like this just kind of, it wasn't really like them noticing any any sparks so much as that maybe they, they believed in, in what we could do. And and I, and I think it's also that it's it's something that, it's something that's needed. It's something that definitely had, I mean, obviously with the response we've gotten, there absolutely was was an audience for it, and there absolutely was intrigue and interest. And uh, I think we we finally eventually kind of were presented with it because Scott and I, the writing was slowly becoming suggestive. Uh-huh. And at first we were told that our characters had a uh, that that Kyle and Oliver knew each other in college and they were in the same fraternity and they have a history, but we don't know what. And I think. Eventually, uh, Scott and I just kind of were like, okay, well, like, what's going? Like, we we kept seeing the dialogue, and and we and we asked him, and, we, and uh, Frank took us up to his office and said, hey, we're uh, we're uh, the storyline is going in the direction that Oliver and Kyle had a uh, just had a relationship um, in the past, and that they they dated while they were in college, and uh, Scott had to go back to work, and I had like a, another week off, so it was just a it was a strong direction to choose to go in as an actor um and and i believe it it, it requires a lot of uh you have to be very serious about it um and it, it requires a lot of uh introspection and and i believe that the role called for the best performance i could give it's not something i i took lightly and i feel like it's important to a a, a large fan base and to, to a lot of people in this country um, and I, I felt like I, I owed it to them to to give to do my best work. So what went through your mind when you were first told about this? I mean, did you ever have a moment of you know, whoa, this is not what I signed on for? Oh, well, absolutely. Uh, I mean, not 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 for any specific reason. It's just I, I got thrown a lot of curveballs since I've moved to New York. My experience. On one life to live has it's been, been one curveball after another for you. You you originally <laughs> were hired for a different role entirely. Then yes. that got taken away from you, and you got this, and then you kind of threw out the for a few months, and they, they found you this to do, and all of a sudden you're the hottest thing going. It's, it's, People just, it's it's hard to, it would it would be hard for me to explain my career to anyone I'd ever meet. <laughs> I mean, just from like One Tree Hill to, you know, being discovered or, or getting cast in the pilot in North Carolina, in Wilmington, and being on the show for three years, and, and you know, being... In almost every episode, or close to every episode, for about three years, you know, at least sixty, seventy-five percent, and still, you know, being not a main character, and then you know, moving to L.A. and the film career, and then this. I mean, I'm I had just walked off the set of Dollhouse. I get the call that I need to test. I'm in New York the next day. I test uh, the next day after that. The next day after that, I have the job, and, and less than two weeks later, I live in New York. I mean, and then and then I lose the role, for, or not lose the role, but then we decide to go a different direction with the role. Yeah. So then I go back to L.A. for three weeks, and then I go back, and then after New Year's I go back to New York to start playing Kyle, and then two months later Kyle's gay. So it's been a <laughs> my whole my my like there should be a new soap opera on television called Brett Claymore's Life. 
<laughs> it could be like Ryan's hope, but it could be Brett's lack of hope. <laughs> it's been an adventure, to say the least, Brandon. I just look at it like I really respect the work that has been done before me. Um, I believe, and I chose it from the moment I saw it. I was No matter what everybody was saying about Benjamin Button and things like that, I called Milk as the, the Oscar winner so early because it was such a brilliant performance. Um, I've... I've um, I'm such a respect. I, I respect acting and the craft of of of, uh, of an actor so much, and the performances I've seen laid before me over the past few years um, inspired me that that this was the right choice, and that when you get you know so so rarely as an actor we get to we get to portray roles or or play roles or perform in a way that's socially relevant. And and I believe that there's something about that for my, I mean, uh, there's, there's another side of me that's very conscious of what's going on in the world um, and, and not so much the media, but just my perception of what's going on in the world and injustices and, and things like that. And I just believe that this was my, this was a way that I was put here to to spread my voice to the world, you know, you know, support what I truly support. So I, I felt like that, that weighed heavily on my decision and, and how how seriously I took this. Having to go home to North Carolina and tell your friends and family about this new character and about, you know, uh, uh, playing a gay man on television, did that give you any kind of sense of, of of what it's like for gay men to come out in real life? I mean, did that, did that give you a little bit of empathy for, for what happens every day in this country? Yeah, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm not going to – and I'm not going to take it uh, – you know, I, I'm in no way going to trivialize the – that a, that a real gay man has, and in in his uh, you know in his coming to terms and, and comfortability with you know the process he's going through with his you know at, at every level of it. I Absolutely, mean to compare him, um, but I, I know that I went through experiences in deciding to accept the role and to, and to play the role and commit to the role. That I'm still say I could still say I'm going through, and and even with things now I've done on screen that I never imagined, you know, as as a straight man, I never imagined that I would do. But at the truth of it, you know, in the way I think my parents uh, see it, and my friends and family and people that have known me is that one, I'm playing a role, and two, my job, my 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 job I've chosen as my profession is that is to do everything as honestly and believable and truthfully as possible. And my truth is that Kyle, you know, Kyle loves Oliver. Kyle is a is a man searching for love and it it happens to be from another man and and that's a that's love in any form is beautiful. So and and I think that's what I'm happy a lot of the people around me see as 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 truly as I do. And I appreciate that support. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing about this is that you're all playing this storyline out with such, I don't know, such gut-wrenching authenticity, you know. I mean, you're playing out all the beats. You're not just sweeping it under the rug. And, you know, you're not playing coaching characters. You're playing real human people. I mean, I definitely believe that strong choices have been made by Scott and I. And we, we've discussed it many times and throughout the whole process, um, throughout the whole journey. And then as Nick has come on, Nick has been a great addition. And Nick is, you know, Nick has really seen what we're doing with it and he was really attentive and he's you know there's so many different ways you can play things and he just kind of fell into what we were doing and and you know 
I, I appreciate all the work that's being done around me, and I know every time I come to set, Scott's going to be prepared, and he's going to be ready, and he's going to care about the work. And I, I, I know that there are actors in the world that that do different work depending on what media they're working on, and, you know, there is such a thing as phoning it in, and Absolutely. actors do this all over. And with the, with how hard I've had to work for my career and how much work I've put into it, I mean, the two years I didn't work, I was in acting class every single week, you know, twice a week, as much as I could. I'm, I, I care. I, I watch films. I study. I I'm just very intellectual about it. I try to be at least, even though I'm in my personality, nobody would actually think that. Trust me, nobody that knows me would they, they think I'm lying right now. <laughs> but I, I, I probably watch three or four films a week. Um, um, I, I study as much as I can, and and I care about what I do. And I care that if I'm going to spend this much time with something, I'm going to try to be the best I can at it. And I think this is the greatest opportunity I've had in my career to show that, and it's really, really nice to see it received as well as it is because it makes it feel like my these this last eight years of my life have been worthwhile. I'm just drawn to good storytelling. I believe that's what you know that's what art is that's what um any form of art from i mean New York you gotta love New York. I went to a free opera in the park, just walking through riding my bike. There's an opera full of costumes. I mean, I got to see my first opera in New York City, and it's it's amazing. I don't know what they're saying. I have no idea. But but you're like, ooh, he does not like that guy. <laughs> you get it, and it's and it's storytelling on every level. You see a painting. You know that's why the Mona Lisa is so famous because she's not cute. She's not cute by any stretch of the imagination. I'd rather see a painting of Heidi Klum probably, but. For some reason, I I see I know what she's doing. You know, I got you can read her mind through a painting. So that's you know that's uh I, I I'm I'm drawn to anything that tells a good story. I'm can't wait to see where the wild things are. I've been looking for I've been I've shown a hundred people that trailer before it even came out on the TV. I'm so uh, how do you turn how do you turn a movie um. Or how do you turn a book into a film and the book only has 12 sentences? <laughs> the book really literally only has 12 sentences. I'm, uh, Spike Jones is amazing. So I, long story short, I'm just rambling, but uh, or short story fun. long, I guess we should say. <laughs> short story long. Um, I like any, I like anything that, I mean, I'll, I will see the worst movie and probably find something good in it because I like the, the dialogue that was written. Or maybe the actor gives a good performance, or maybe one of the supporting actors does, or maybe the the lighting's great, or or the, maybe they shot it on 35 millimeter. I'm just a student, and I try to study and find something positive in everything because there's something to learn there. As an actor who craves good, strong material to play, are you thrilled at how this story and this this plot and this kind of situation affords you a much more interesting, much more fleshed out character and backstory to act out? Yes, I, I do. Um, I do, and, and there's some, you know, there's some things that are hard too about, you know, being on a on a soap opera. There's there's so many characters, I, and and this is hit with such, I mean, I, it, I I guess with so much attention instantly. Um, I don't know. It's, it's like there's sometimes that I'm really happy that we're fleshing out some things, and there's sometimes where I feel like we press fast forward a little bit. Um, it's it's the genre that I'm getting used to the 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 daytime genre um, 
I'm really, uh, I'm really, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I don't know how to answer that really. It's, it's kind of, uh, there's kind of, there's kind of two sides to it. I mean, some days I'm really excited because some days we come in and there's some great scenes coming up. I mean, things that are, things that are coming in the future. There's some really, I think we've, we, we have some really poignant moments to, to homosexuals, heterosexuals, men, women. I mean, I, I believe there's a lot of truth in what we're doing right now. And so that I really am happy about. I just feel like sometimes we, you know, because we are still a supporting um, kind of arc storyline on the show. You know, we're, we're still young. We're still young characters. We we still are building a little bit of a, a fan base. And and uh, I just I just feel like sometimes you just wish that there was a little more we could dive into some of this. Yeah. And at the same time, you understand what the nature of it is and, and we just have to go with it. You know, I've never been ha- happier as an actor than I am now between action and cut. You know, it's, I'm, I'm just having, I'm just really having a blast challenging myself every, every breath. Does that, does that surprise you that you could, that you could sit there and say that? No, because I'm not, I'm not what I look like on the outside. You know, I'm not, I'm not easily categorized into like, I, I, I actually, I, I love challenges. I love to do something that either somebody else thought I couldn't do or I thought I couldn't do. And, you know, that's every actor that becomes successful succeeded at that because every actor had somebody saying that no, there's no way you're going to make it. You know, you know how many people are trying to do that? Uh-huh. Um, and then, you know, there's, there's actors that, that would have a lot of trouble doing what, what we're doing on screen. And not just in my shoes, in Scott's shoes also. You know, there's a lot of actors that don't want the world to know their personal life. And he's not only letting his personal life out there, he's he's defending his personal life. You know, and, and he's showing, he's just, he's a spokesman for his, you know, for for, for his sexual preference. And I, and I really applaud him for that and being that brave. But, you know, I don't think it's just me that's, that's uh, making, you know, making strides and doing something wonderful. I, I, I feel like I'm involved with two other guys who are doing that also. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to make a difference in the world, and I'm really glad that I've been given this opportunity so so early in my career. Each time you get a script, tell me what goes through your mind as you start about constructing your performance. I mean, you know, the fact that you will probably only get one take with each script that you get, does that teach you to trust your gut instinct? That's what Scott and I right now, and the, the one take thing. We actually I messed up yesterday because we've been joking with ourselves because we just we we kind of have taken a little bit of pride in this, and we broke our little streak. I think we were like I think we were like thirteen or something scenes or little you know segments that we've done in a row like off one uh-huh. take. We uh-huh. try to do as because we just we love that. We it's something amazing about doing one take. And that goes on the air. The first time, and there's times too where we don't really even, we don't have, we, just the way the schedule works, we didn't get to rehearse, so we come on and we block it and then we film it. So this is sometimes like the first time we're doing with blocking all the way through filming a scene and it goes on the air. There's some, so it challenges you so much to just be prepared and it's, and I think now with this storyline, I mean, I'm, I'm very instinctual. I, I wouldn't say that of all the actors on the show that I 
am doing the most studying the night before before I work. Um, that's you know, there's there's so many different ways to prepare yourself for a role. I just I feel like I I know Kyle now. You know, I, I know Kyle, I know you know, and, and I and I'm always prepared and I'm looking oh you know, I'm preparing the night before and if there's moments that I have questions at I'll kind of run through it and and I'll kind of try you, you now that we know so much history of these characters and we've been able to create so much of our own in our minds, um, I feel like it's I can actually go back and play through through memories that are Kyle's memories. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Like I have memories in my head that are Kyle's memories, but I can picture these moments and how they sounded and words I've said before, and and you just start to you just start to understand how each thing that you hear from another character how that would make you feel. And and all you're doing as an actor is you're empathizing with another character. It's just a fictional character that you're playing, but you're empathizing. You're feeling every emotion they feel. And so when I'm on set, it, it I feel like I've gotten to a place in my in my acting, and I'm always trying to get better and better every day. But I feel like I'm in a place where I genuinely I just feel everything Kyle would feel. And so some of these performances, like Scott's, had a had some great performances lately that I haven't aired. I feel like I've done some work that I'm really proud of, and it's in these moments where you film it in one take, and and you you have one time to say it. And there was a time that we filmed something that we even just kind of we kind of rearranged some things as we were preparing for it. So it was kind of like the first time even the director had heard it, and you're tearing up, and you're you're just emo you're so emotional and and full of this energy and then you're moving on the next take and you, you hope it was good and you felt it. And then when it airs and you see it, you're so proud because you're like, a, I got, you know, you get one shot sometimes. And, and uh, it's our, we're, Scott and I really, really take pride in the fact that we really are and respect each other enough that we try to be at the top of our game the first take every time. And, and it gives us, it's almost surprised because you hear the other actor what they're saying. You're you're hearing it for the first time, just like the real person would. You know what fascinates me about about you and and in preparation of this, I went back on YouTube yesterday and watched kind of the the uh, the compendiums of your story to hear. You know what what fascinates me about about you and about the storyline is that it's very hard and damn near impossible to catch you acting. It's almost like you completely and you know what you're saying buttresses this. It's almost like you completely immerse yourself in world of Kyle. You know, you you express you express more gut wrenching emotion with your eyes than most standard issue soap punks do with entire reams of, of dialogue and verbiage. And you know, you it's like you, you throw your entire body toward Kyle. It's like you completely submerge yourself in I, I I appreciate that. I mean I we're we're never gonna be as good as we wanna be, ever, ever. Um <laughs> I would just I don't I don't care. I bet you Mark Twain was pissed off about something. <laughs> but but you're you you try your best to be to to kind of develop some ideals and develop some some uh I, I don't know, some the way you do things, the way you the way you try to be as good as you can and to me I, I just believe Brett exists between cut and action and Kyle exists between action and cut. And that and that you have to be able to turn it on and off and and be able to relate and be in that moment and nothing else exists. And do you ever see uh, that Kevin Costner movie for the love of the game? Uh no. No, you never there's other scenes where he when he's pitching that everything else fades away and he just kinda only sees the batter and the catcher and just him and it's like this huge crowd just kinda fades away. 
Okay, it's not really like that. <laughs> but but you like if you're filming, you just all, you're on a set, and even though there's a hundred people around, you sometimes it just it fades away, and you just each word that the other actor's saying just kind of is coming out slow motion, and you're just you're each each moment each moment feels like ten seconds, and I don't know, it just feels that way to me. It just slows down, and it's it, I I really really. I'm engaged. I don't, and I, I believe that also has to do with Scott too. Like, you know, we just, we just connect in, in the work. You know, we're on the same page. But it, I, it never feels like acting to me. There was a time, I mean, when I was on One Tree Hill, I was acting my, my butt off. I was definitely acting my butt off because I was still like, I don't know what, what's a close up. So I, I mean, it was my, it was my first big thing, and I was just kind of thrown onto the big stage and. You know, I tried to do what I could to give them what they wanted, and and I think my since moving to LA and studying, I just think my career has changed, and I think my performances have changed, and I now I now know what it's like for the you know when they say your body's your instrument as an actor, I kind of feel like I understand that now. Like I feel like I can do I can do what I want to do. I don't I don't have to try to do anything else. It just it feels right. How much input do you have into your character or, or to the story? Have you have you spoken with Ron uh, or Frank about kind of what you'd like to see developed for Kyle, or have you just kind of completely put your faith in them? I don't have as much input as I would like. That's I think every actor would say that. You know, that's we we do our job. The writers sure. have their job, and and there's lots of reason things are being done. But as to the heart of the characters, I I trust them. You know, I I Frank. Is a great producer. I mean, he, he really is. He's he's a producer who you know he gets the the show moving the way it's supposed to. He's he's firm but likable. He cares about the work. He you know the the episodes he directs. I I just I really feel like um I have somebody I have somebody really guiding me through and and not even I mean most of the times we, there's nothing needed but every note he gives is is really needed and necessary he does you know i just believe he does a great job as a producer and he, and he makes me feel like i'm cared for like if there's anything i need they they take care of us and uh and i appreciate that fully as just an actor feeling just trying to be comfortable and our lives change so much from one job to one job to one job and you're always in between jobs or it's just so hard to feel some sort of consistency and i, I think he helps provide that and ron the writers just really you know they've written, they've written the heart of the characters really well, and so I, for the most part, I, we just trust them. I mean, we just come in and believe in the path they're laying for us. If something pops up that you really do have an issue with, do you feel comfortable in going to them and saying, you know, can we talk about this? Absolutely. There's been quite a few times where we've had conversations, and and the times that 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 maybe I've had to come to a different understanding. I, I realized that it was there were actually really valid points for these things. So there's never been a time where I, I needed something that I felt strongly about that wasn't that we could change and hasn't been met. You know, they've they've been really I mean, I've been really happy. You know, I had I had your first star Nicholas on my show a couple weeks ago and I've reached out to Scott, so stay tuned on that. But in building your characterization for Kyle have you spoken with them at at any length about their real life experiences as out gay men? Not really, because Kyle hasn't had really any questions about being out. 
Um, he hasn't had he hasn't had to show any of his transition. So I, I looked at it like Kyle is just as comfortable being homosexual as as Brett is being heterosexual. Um, so there wasn't really wasn't really any need for uh, for personal campfire stories um, between us. But <laughs> but I I. I I think it's interesting Scott's performance that he he's had to go over the last few weeks with his coming out because his mother is so supportive of him and so loving and so wonderful that I think that had to be a, a very interesting mm-hmm. it's been a it's been a very interesting role for Scott to play to be a closeted, you know, gay man because I don't think he ever really was. You know, I, I don't think he ever really had that really strong extended experience. So you know that was that was interesting to watch was his performance of that almost as much a stretch as as mine not quite but <laughs> that boy that boy's a fabulous crier yes he's he's got plenty of tears in those eyes <laughs> <laughs> to, to my eye you've done a brilliant job of building two completely unique grooves and i i don't know chemistries with your two co-stars nicholas and scott you know with scott you're the confident one and with nick you're a little bit more reserved and even a bit shy and i'm wondering if that was if that was conveyed to you in a script along the way, or if that was a conscious decision on your part to to, to put Kyle in in each of those places. No, it wasn't scripted that way at all. Um, I don't know. Maybe they do suggest things, and I just don't see them. But I feel like they give very little guidance in terms of uh, in terms of character uh, points. You know, I just kind of develop it on our own. Like everything's really the dialogue's there, but you know, I can I can say a sentence a thousand different ways. So absolutely. It's, it's really on us to to make these choices, and I just, you know, I can relate to the experiences in my life and where you you're with somebody and they, this is this is a this is the trick. Even people I've dated for a long extended amount of time, sometimes you begin a relationship with them, and you're just coming out of somebody else, of something else. You're transitioning, so you're you're still torn in your heart, but you really want to be with this person, but you don't want them to know it. Okay, so try playing torn that you don't really want you 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 want like you still love somebody else you want to be with this person but you don't want them to see it but then the audience has to see it. Okay, uh-huh. so that's that's been the trick. So I've been trying my best to 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 show the the turmoil of what's going inside of Kyle even though I can't let Nick see it I need to let the audience see it and I guess that's how it comes out. I mean it's definitely there's a there's a shyness there. I, I believe it's more like a hesitation, more reserved. Maybe some of um, maybe some of Kyle's wonderful kind of charm and and life and energy is kind of subdued a little bit when he's with um, Nick because he's he's having to hold back so much. Maybe part of that one the wonderful side of Kyle has to be held back also. I think that's probably what it is. Kyle, a little bit intimidated by Nick. Kyle could definitely be intimidated by Nick. I mean, Kyle's the like, hey, I'm, you know, I got no problems with my sexuality, but here comes a guy who doesn't just not have problems with it. He's uh-huh. got a megaphone <laughs> <laughs> hung around his neck with a lanyard. It's like he has it on him at all times. So I don't know. I mean, that's like, you know, is uh, uh, I I wouldn't even know how to uh, how to say that. It's like uh, is is Vince Vaughn intimidated by Will Ferrell, maybe a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's like, wow, he's louder than me. Um, 
I think there's less intimidation. I think there's just more pressure. You know, Nick Nick is very strongly motivated the things that he wants, and Kyle's one of the things that he wants. And when somebody wants something really bad and that thing is kind of hesitant, you know, it creates tension. And I just believe that that's, things can start happening really fast in Landview and, and things change and transition very quickly. So I think, I think Kyle's just more shell-shocked than anything. <laughs> Are you amazed that there's a growing... Kyle Nick contingent to go alongside the massive fan base that, that Kyle and Oliver claim? Uh, no, because not every relationship is Kyle and Oliver. You know, there's a lot of people that can relate to Nick and Kyle. Uh-huh. You know, there, there's it, people are going to relate to the to the things that, you know, that they, they find most in common with their life, I would think, and things that resonate with them because they've been there. And so there's there's definitely... There's a, there's a contingent that I'm sure is very proud of of two gay men that are proud to be out and proud of of you know proud of their their life and I think that probably resonates with a lot of people just as equally as unrequited love. Considering where Kyle started on this show's canvas, are you at all amazed at how quickly your character has become someone the audience actively roots for to find happiness? No, um, I, I can't be completely surprised. I mean, I'm definitely surprised at the the response and the, and the support and the fanfare and just the, you know, how quickly we've just gained national coverage, you know. And we invested so much into it with our performances. I, I, I'm trying to figure out the way to say it, and that's where all this silence comes in. I, I feel like I... I I think that it's written that way. I mean, who who wouldn't see somebody that cares this deeply for someone mm-hmm. and be, because of fear is being held back from what he truly wants and his heart's broken over it. I mean, that that's almost written that way. I don't think there's any way not to feel, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just I'm just really happy that our performances were um honest enough that people really connected to that. You know, the great thing about it is that you know, Oliver is a character that we've come to love because they brought him on very slowly, and, you know, he's developed very slowly, and, and so we were able to develop with him. And, uh, you know, I think the other the other smartest decision that the show made with regard to Kyle's transformation was pairing him off with Roxy, because, because Roxy was able to forgive him and find some good in his heart, and because we love Roxy, even though she schemes and makes bad decisions all over the place, we as the audience were able to forgive Kyle as well. And she's a, tr- I mean, she's a troubled soul, and Kyle's been in the midst of soul-troubling moments, so there, there's definitely a connection there of, like, just lost, broken hearts, and whether or not she broke her own or or whether or not, you, I mean, she she uh-huh. does do that. She's like a blonde Tasmanian devil sometimes, you know? <laughs> kind of sounds like that sometimes, too, and you listen to what she says, those words, I'm like, that that's not a word, Roxy. <laughs> that's really cute, but it's not a word. <laughs> so she... They're, they're, they still can relate, and I think there's something maternal and something uh, – there's just a really strong bond between the two just because they, they're they not so lonely when they're together, even though, you know, they're just not so lonely when they're, like, they're together. You know, I, I know we talked about this a little bit when you, were, when you were on the show back in June, but talk about working with Eileen. You know, she is so good at what she does, and it seems like everything she says just pops into her head that second. Often, yeah. you know, it almost seems like – 
she's not even acting. It, it, it becomes easy to take for granted sometimes that she really is acting because she's so damn good at what she does. She clicks it on and off, I'll tell you that. She's just a very good character actor. She really is. She's created something unique and refreshing on uh, on daytime television and, and on television in general. I mean, I really... I really like working with her because she really she really does put a lot into it, you know, and she makes me step up every time I'm on set with her, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> How often does she stun you with something that she says that you weren't that you weren't expecting? Working with uh Eileen is, is, is like the best acting class ever because you really have to learn to, to listen. You have to listen to these words because you're like, Wait, that wait, is that what you were supposed to say? <laughs> But it but it works. It's great. She just knows the character. Who's who's gonna know a character better than somebody who's been playing it for years and years and years? She knows everything about that character. In the great soap tradition of the golden-hearted anti-hero, Kyle is no angel. I mean, we've seen him do some pretty despicable things, and you know, it's it's it, it, it what makes him such a fascinating character. Are his bad boy tendencies ever gonna reemerge? Yeah, I mean, I I think so. I mean, he's definitely not a he's not a. He's not the good kid, you know. He's 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 not pleasant though by any stretch of the imagination. He's <laughs> he's he's got a lot of color in him. He's I, I think he's I don't know if he's really the the bad boy thing is not so much as yeah maybe the bad boy in terms of like every girl wants a bad boy. I don't think he's evil or or bad in any way. I mean he he tried he tried to help some people out and he just made wrong decisions. You know, I think Kyle's the type of person who lives his life with a lot of heart, and he really tries to help people and, and wants to do good. Um, but sometimes his, his priorities and clarity uh, gets a little skewed. And so he thinks he's doing good, but he's really doing bad. <laughs> so um, I, I absolutely think there's some mischievousness um, in the future for Kyle. I just think he, he's vocal and he's strong and he's independent. And he's he's willing to take some chances, and I think that's probably going to get him in trouble at some point. Speak toward the soap process these days. You know, the the general word is that making a soap right now is just a step or two above guerrilla filmmaking just because you have so much material to plow through, and you have to move so fast, and you have to be on your game at all times. What have you learned about yourself as an actor throughout the past 10 months working on this show? I've, I've definitely, you know, you, you learn to prepare better. You learn to have stronger choices and to expect less guidance and just to be to be kind of on top of your game on all levels because it really is up to you you know at the end of the day we we're standing on our own and, and you know you there's still a, a great team you know we we work with a great team a great crew great directors things like that but there's a lot more responsibility on the actor on daytime than there is on prime time or on films and and I think that's kind of overlooked by a lot of people you know, what you see a lot of the times is that first take. And if, if you're not ready for that first take, what you see is not going to be what you wanted them to see. <laughs> so I, I think that's, that's really, it's really made me work harder. And at the end of the day, I, I believe that that's why it's going to make me work better. And that's why you see so many actors come out of daytime because they're, they're chiseled. You know, they're, they're, not, they're Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Given the tough material that you've had to act out during this storyline, what have you learned about yourself as a man? Have, have any uh, of your opinions or stances changed as a result of, of playing this out? Nothing's really changed. It's just been reinforced and made stronger. We're trying to work out that I'm going to be in L.A. for the AIDS walk in October and trying to do you know some other things to kind of maybe become a little more 
active and supportive of what I'm portraying. You know, I, I believe that we live in a nation that over time has corrected its mistakes in terms of inequality from women's voting rights to uh, the Emancipation Proclamation and, and things of that nature. Well, this is, this is a, another moment of inequality in our country that we're a little behind on correcting. I believe in equality for all human beings. It's in our, you know, it's it's in our uh, constitution, you know, and it, it's at the very beginning of our constitution. You know, uh, to be self-evident, all men are created. all men are created equal. All men. It doesn't say anything else, but all men. So we're. I mean, this is unconstitutional, and I believe in that. I really do, and it's just made me reinforce my ideals more and. It's made me take a stance, and I hope I'm standing strong. Do you have any thoughts on how revolutionary and how supremely, profoundly important not only this storyline, but the show's apparent dedication to getting it accurate and right are to the gay community? I mean, you know, it's enormously clear how passionate you all are uh, about playing out this relevant tale. And I'm just wondering if, 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 you, if you really understand how important this is to us. I do, I do. Just because I, I can, re- I can relate to how important it would be for me. It's like whether or not I wanted to get married or not, I, I, I still believe as a human being I have that right to choose. And just not having the right to choose is is a, is a travesty. And 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 being afraid to choose and being afraid to live your life the way you choose to live it because I'm absolutely an example of that. I mean, I got a degree in architecture, but my first job out of college was delivering pizzas because I decided I wanted to be an actor. Whether or not I went to college for five years to be an architect, I wanted to be, you know, I I chose to live that life. And you should be proud to, to make choices in your life for what you want for your life. And I think it's it's sad right now that that there are people in our in our country that don't have that right or are scared to make that choice. And so I, I absolutely understand and respect um how how important this is to a lot of people and because i know it would be just as important to me and i'm not the type of person to be quiet when it's something i believe in if it's for me i'll 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 fight and make my voice heard to stand up for what is right for me and i just kind of put myself in the shoes and this is what i would do i would stand up you know on the rooftops and and fight for my rights and uh, i hope i'm contributing to that fight do you feel an acute responsibility to present and to to represent something that transcends stereotype and cliche and caricature? In all walks of my life. You know, right now I'm working, I've been speaking with Ethan Zahn um, from Survivor. Uh, he's a soccer player. I'm a big soccer player. We're, we're trying to put together an event in South Africa for the World Cup um, that uh, benefits uh, children in Africa affected by HIV or AIDS. And it's his organization, Grassroots Soccer, spreads spreads HIV and AIDS awareness through soccer in Africa because you're in a lot of nations that have, you know, 70 different languages. The one unifying language is soccer, is that soccer ball. So it uses soccer to spread AIDS awareness and things like that. I'm working with them to put together an event. I'm doing my best to to do something positive on that side. You know, with the storyline, I'm trying my best. I believe it's my responsibility as a human being to – to try to, to try to make the world a little better place than when you when you entered it, and this was just an amazing opportunity that I got to do it as an actor. But I'm trying my best to do it in all ways, you know, in, in all in, in as many 
different ways as I can in my life. When Nick was on the show a couple weeks ago, I asked him his take on this, and I want yours as well. How does it feel to you that it's this show doing the storyline? I mean, I don't know what you know about about the show's history, but this was a show that made its name in the 70s, putting forth a canvas that was culturally and ethnically and and very socially diverse. And, you know, they had kind of gotten away from that over the last few years, and, and all of a sudden the human mosaic in all of its colors is back full force in Landview. And I can't say that I know the the – I know a lot about the history of the show. I know a lot about the history of the gay storyline with Ryan Felipe and the and the AIDS quilt and I really believe that we were we were following in good footsteps with what's already been laid before us. I, I think it's uh you know, I, I I definitely am am proud that I'm on a show that supports the, the diversity that you see when you leave the set that, that we have, that we represent the same diversity on the set. Actors like uh, Terrell and and Sean Tika. I mean, good lord, we have we have beautiful, beautiful cast, and and we have a talented cast, and it's and it's talented from every voice. Kind of feels a little more honest and a little more real than a lot of television, if you think about it, because it's not like you're peering into a box anymore. It's like that box could be a window, and you're just looking out into the world, you know, because we're trying to represent so many different, I mean, we, handicap and, and homosexuality and, you know, African-American and Hispanic and it's just, Absolutely. it's just wonderful. And that's respect to the, to the people above us, to Ron for writing it, to Frank for, for, for making these decisions and, and taking the story these directions. And you know, it, it shows great respect for the people who are at home watching. Yes, it really does. It's, it's like, this is what the world is. You know, whether you want to believe it or not, whether you support it or not, no matter how you see the world, this is the way the world is. And we're gonna, and we're gonna tell that. It's a shame that, it's a shame that Landview's more progressive than the United States. It's like, come on, Obama, wake up. <laughs> come on, I'm glad we put you there. Yeah, now let's change something. <laughs> change. <laughs> Could you have possibly fathomed when you took this on the level of fame and notoriety that you would end up achieving? I mean, you know, you are a YouTube sensation. You and Scott and Nick have entire message boards and blogs devoted to you and your characters and your storyline. I mean, could you have possibly fathomed the way this would unfold? It's almost sometimes like we don't know really what's going on outside of our world. You know, I I, I know that it's gotten notoriety. I know that it's gotten a lot of support, but... I'm not really completely aware of how big it is, maybe, you know, and, and I kind of like it better that way. You know, I go to, I go to work, I, I film what I film, I, I put what I can into it, and then I go on with my everyday life. Like, if you live in New York City, you'll catch me riding my bike by you probably once a week, no matter where you live, because that's all I do. <laughs> Just, you know, I go out, I, 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 I kind of, I'm, you know, I'm not Googling my name that much uh -huh. uh, <laughs> to find out what's going on. It just, you know, I, I really appreciate everybody that's supporting and and everybody that's following, but it's it's not really surprising to me because I don't know if I'm completely aware. You know, the buzz online about this was, was deafening almost from the moment that it was announced. Um, I'm wondering if you guys were worried initially that, that there was no way you could live up to the hype which surrounded the mere suggestion of this love story. I wouldn't be much of an actor if I ever believed that. <laughs> um, I mean, you're definitely nervous, but we'd done so much work already before the, before the story broke. It was, 
we were a little upset at first because we wanted the audience to go on the journey with us, but we realized afterwards that all that all that enabled us was for more people to go on the journey with us. That was, uh, you know, it wasn't almost like, you know, can't live up to it. It was more that we were just so glad that so many people were were going to be able to to go on this on this you know journey with us. Yeah, we're excited about that. Looking back on what's happened to here, have you guys lived up to the hype? Jeez, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, I guess we'll find out when the Emmy nominations come. No, uh, <laughs> I, I hope so. I mean, I, we're looked at. You know, maybe we're looked at as like two young actors who are just fresh and new, and like hope they can handle it. But you know, this isn't this isn't my my first barn dance. It's not it's not it's not Scott's first foray. I mean, talk about hype. I mean, it's great and all, but this isn't Fantastic Four. So I think he's probably seen a little bit of hype <laughs> before in his life. I think he's probably a little ready for it. And the first season of One Tree Hill was kind of a crazy season because we thought, uh-huh. you know, we thought we might not make it every week. We we're like, ooh, we, we still around? And they're still around seven years later. I don't feel any pressure at all that I need to live up to any hype. I don't even really hear the hype as much. I just, I know I'm doing good work and, and I'm trying to do my best work I can. And if there is any hype, we, we have to believe that we're part of that hype. You know, that if we weren't doing good work, there wouldn't be as much hype. And that's on all aspects. That's from the cameraman to the writing to everything, that we're all doing our job well enough that people support the the storyline. You know, there's not a lot of negative feedback out there that I've heard. I, I feel like it's all pretty positive. And so it makes you kind of feel like you're doing the right thing. You're making the right choices. You know, I don't mean this in a salacious way or even a snickering way, and I don't want it to sound as such, but, you know, everybody is curious about what it's like for you to kiss these two men. Mentally and emotionally, are you able to get yourself to an acting place where you just get so lost in the scenes that, you're, that you don't even think about it anymore, that it just comes naturally as an extension of the scenes and the relationship? It's not. It, I mean, definitely the first time it was it was an experience. The, the first time with Scott, like, that definitely was, uh, it was, it was a lot of emotions, but that was with the, that was with the character, and that wasn't solely with Brett. That was with Kyle and Oliver and the, there's a lot of emotions going on in that in that moment. Since then, there's been other moments that the other other kisses and other things like that. And it just it feels like just another part of the character now. You know, it, it doesn't. You know, I'm past the point where where this was this was a point of that that it was even a moment of thought in my head where it was like a a big deal. You know, it's totally. it's it's a it's a it's a part of Kyle. You know, and if a kiss is the, the 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 way a person kisses and the, and what emotions happen when they kiss at a certain point it it becomes like you know like tying your shoes it's just a part of your nature you know and so it's not you know I'm not gonna say like kissing Scott's like tying my shoes <laughs> but it's not it's not something that I that that carries into my life outside of of one life to live you know it's kind of like something that that happens and then. When I'm off set, I'm not really thinking about it. So uh, apart from who you work with in your character circle, are there any members of the One Life cast whose work you just uh, respect? I mean, is, is there anyone in that cast that you would give your IPs to work with more? I think you like working with every actor more. You know, it, every actor is going to give you something different, and, and that's part of the fun of playing. You know, Michael Jordan 
wouldn't say that he only – I mean, he definitely liked playing with Scottie Pippen for sure, but you like playing with a lot of different players because they do something uh-huh. different. Um, so I, I, I'd love to work with everybody more. I mean, I really – you know who I'm, I've been really impressed with lately is, is uh, Eddie Alderson. Oh, sure, absolutely. Yeah, I, I really – I mean – not really said that to anybody. I haven't said it to him. I I wanted to, but I've I'm really impressed with where he's at as at a young age. As, I mean, he's just he seems like an actor, mature years beyond his age, you know. And I've really been impressed with what he's doing. I I believe we have some really great actors and actresses on our show. I'm I'm proud to be working. I mean, I I'd love to work with Bree. I mean, that's that's definitely a name I'd, I'd throw out there because. I'd love to fight for that scene. <laughs> see, like, okay, bring it. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> I'd love to see. Uh, I'd love to work with Bree, but I, I don't know how much our storylines will cross. But I think she's a great actress, and uh, and when I see her perform, and I see what she, you know, whether on set or on the air, and I see what she brings to every one of her scenes. God, I, I bet you we'd be two balling little babies if we got together. Because if she started having tears in her eyes, I'd, I don't think I could watch without crying myself. I know I'm supposed to be happy, but you're crying. I can't stop crying because you're crying. <laughs> She'd be fun to work with. I love working with Bree. Anybody who can play three roles on the same show and, and make you believe it is, is pretty fascinating. I swear to God, there's like five other characters in her, though. <laughs> there's somewhere in there. <laughs> No, she's she's a, I mean she's a force of nature. She she absolutely is, and she, you know she's she's got a powerful presence to her on set, you know, in 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 her character, you know, and it just it just it just bleeds out of her. I think she does she does a great job, and you know I I think uh, she's gained a lot of respect from a lot of people for the performances she's putting in. You know, back when Kyle was having all his legal trouble back in the summer, you, you had some great scenes with Bob Woods. And uh, I don't know if you know his character history, but he started out on the show 30 years ago as the young, charming rogue also. And the subtext that he seemed to be playing with you was that he recognized a bit of himself in you. And I'm just wondering if you'd like to work with him more because, he's, he, you know, he's a mainstay on the show. I would give anything to work with Bob Woods more. I mean, anything. I... That that day that we worked together, he was so giving as an actor. And when you work with the patriarch, you know, I mean, now now the patriarch. I mean, not not forever, but now um, he's evolved as basically the patriarch of the show. And you get a chance to work with him, and he was so giving to me, um, giving in terms of like terms of the camera shots, you know. And 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 he wanted more attention on me, and and. Such a such a great actor, you know. It felt like we were on a film set that day when we filmed, and he even said that in the in between shots. He's like, "It feels like we're filming a film right here." It's, I mean, it was great because we were just so loose and playing with each other, like playing in the in the in the scene. And it was, I really really would love a chance to work with Bob Boy. I respect him as a human being. I respect him as an actor, and I, I really feel like there's a lot that Brett Claywell, the actor, could could learn from working with Bob Woods. I'd, I'd love the chance. So hope it happens. Keep our fingers crossed. Come on, Kyle needs an uncle or something. I mean, come on. <laughs> Give us a sneak preview of where we're headed here. I mean, we know about the gay marriage boom that's about to explode in Landview. You know, I mean, I know you can't you can't spill everything, but you know, give us a little bit of a sense of of where we're headed here. If if you're enjoying the storyline, you're going to enjoy it even more. That's that's all I can really say. It's. I mean, it's just getting better and better on our side from filming it, so I could only imagine what it's 
going to be like watching it. Um, I just, I, I, I fully believe that the times that Nick and, and Oliver and, and Kyle are on screen together, that dynamic things are going to be happening and, uh, and the audience is definitely going to be pleased and intrigued. You know, happiness and peace between a couple is often the kiss of death on a soap. And, uh, you know, I'm wondering if, if knowing that you're all for stretching the story out and delaying the gratification of seeing Kyle and Oliver finally pull it together as long as possible. I don't think anything's ever going to be smooth between, between these two. I mean, there's, when, when you bring two people together that have a past, well, inevitably that past always begins to, to rear its head. So uh, it, it never it never stays down for long. <laughs> you know, I, I don't believe that they're ever going to be, you know, that Nick and Kyle or Kyle and Oliver or Nick and Oliver, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> I might just get dumped. But uh, you, you never know what's going to happen. And, and, and I, I just believe all things are possible. Every day, all things are possible. That's it for Brandon's Buzz tonight, guys. Thank you so much for coming back and listening to this again. I hope you found it as interesting as I did, uh, listening to these two conversations side by side with each other. Um, again, I, if you're interested in hearing all of the conversations, they are archived at blogtalkradio.com slash brandonsbuzz, at brandonsbuzz.com in the radio archive, and at iTunes as a podcast. Um, and I encourage you, if you're interested in hearing all of the conversations, we talked a lot more about One Tree Hill. We talked about Brett's time on Dollhouse. We talked about his love of soccer. We talked about his Facebook experience. We talked about his, his dealings with fame heretofore. Um, two great conversations uh, on Brandon's Buzz, archived at blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz, um, brandonsbuzz.com, and iTunes. And at all three of those places, you can hear all of my episodes. This is my 42nd episode. All 42 are archived at all three of those places. So by all means, check out. I've had some great guests. I've had Linda Dano. Jessica Tuck, uh, good Lord, Brett's co-star Nick Rodriguez, Lynn Herring, Michael Fairman, all kinds of excellent people and uh, just really fun shows and, and all kinds of, you know, people from all across the entertainment spectrum at brandonsbuzz.com, at blogtalkradio.com slash brandonsbuzz, and at iTunes. Uh, and once again, I encourage you to check out all of my shows and leave comments, send me emails, tell me what you like, tell me what you don't like. Um, you can find me in, in any number of ways, and you can get messages to me, and I read them all. Uh, and I appreciate any and all feedback. Come on back next week. Next week, Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, a no-holds-barred chat with uh, a terrific actor by the name of Cale Brown. In the 80s, he was on Another World as Michael Hudson. In the 90s, he was on One Life to Live as Sam Rappaport. Uh, he had two very interesting experiences uh, on both of those soaps, and he came by the buzz earlier this week. We taped a conversation. He talked all about it. It's a very candid conversation. No holds barred, as I said. Uh, and he digs deep and, and tells all about his experiences in Soapland. Um, so that's next Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, at Brandon's Buzz, blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz, brandonsbuzz.com, and iTunes. Uh, what else can I tell you? I appreciate you guys coming and listening to this tonight, and I hope you come back on Tuesday, and I hope you continue staying tuned to Brandon's Buzz.
Hi, everybody out there. This is Eileen Kristen, and I have just been on Brandon's Buzz. This is a great show and a very sophisticated mind. So spread the word, Brandon's Buzz. This is Claire Massey from Tammy Show, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz. Great guy, great show. Check hey it out. Hey, guys, this is Brett Claywell from One Life to Live, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hi, this is Lynn Herring on Brandon's Buzz. It's the great entertainment talk show on now. Brandon, I love you. Thanks for having me. So if you feel that you just can't take it, and your world isn't what it seems, don't forget that life can be what you make it. Baby, when you live on a street of dreams. Hey, this is Nia Peoples, and you're with Brandon's Buzz, the place to be. Hi, everybody. This is Nicholas Walker. Merci à vous tous. Écoutez Brandon Buzz sur Blog Talk Radio. Bonsoir et à très bientôt. <laughs> 